Welcome to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church. But it's good to be with you. Thank God for you. There's lots of things going on. I hope, you know, I, I just love it. I love, I love what God is doing. I want to invite you out to Thursday night prayer meeting at 6.30 and um, where, where we pray a little louder and, uh, and worship loud and go after God loud. And, and so uh, come on out. I just feel like, I feel like, can I just release this? I feel like our Thursday night prayer meeting is going to be the most powerful thing this church has ever experienced, and that this building will be full, and there will be 20 different churches represented on our Thursday night. I just feel this. I know, I'm just saying, I, because, because that's what God wants. He wants, a, he wants the church to gather together and pray and that's why the enemy fights it. Notice, notice how the enemy fights you in prayer? Well, he's fighting the church, too. He tries to keep, keep us separated, you know. I can't go over there and pray. They don't believe like I believe. Well, if you believe in Acts 6-4, where it says the disciples, the apostles, gave themselves to the word of God in prayer, then we should be able to gather together in prayer. And if you don't believe in giving yourself to the word in prayer... Then, then what's, what do you believe? So we're just going to keep doing that and keep pressing that. And I believe God's moving in that and I'm looking forward and I'm just going to keep shouting a little louder. So today I want to share with you a word God gave me to, to bring to you. And this is kind of my like, I'm just going to call this my 2019 message because I feel like this is the word I, and, and it stands to reason you know, this would come like on a weekend. We're, so we're, we're going to have to get it out on SoundCloud and everything. Because I really believe as I release this word this, this morning here, it's going gonna, it's gonna to matter. It's going to mean something to us as a church, to you as people, even to our visitors. Even, you know, if you're not from uh, City Point, welcome. We love you. We love you that you're here. And... and uh, we don't believe, you know, that you have to be at this geographical location, but if you're a part of the blood-bought, blood-washed, Holy Spirit-filled people, then we're hearing the voice of one shepherd. My sheep hear my voice. And so I feel like, I feel like I've heard the word of the Lord on this. This isn't just a sermon. In fact, I, I don't want it to... I, I, I've, <laughs> You, you can't, you, you just can't begin to know how much uh, and how this all comes and, and how God just speaks, but um, pray for me that I can deliver this and say what he once said and no more and no less. So the title of this is kind of get back up, get lit up, turn your face to the sun. Now those are just like, those, those are like modern day um, modern day paraphrases of a very familiar passage that we're going to turn to uh, this morning. But I want you to just think about that. Get back up. Look at your neighbor and say, get back up. Get lit up. Tell them, say, get lit up. And turn your face to the sun, S-O-N. Come on. So those are three very simple things. Get back up, get lit up, turn your face to the sun. Now I want to give you the scriptural thing because you're going to go, oh, okay. Because get back up, you know, that's, yeah, that's good. Mm. Get lit up, mm, yeah, light me up. Turn your face to the sun, yeah. But I want to give you the scripture and I want, I want you to challenge you to really Get into this scripture and commit it to memory and meditate on it. Go to bed with it. Wake up with it. Pray into it. Open your Bible. Get on your knees and seek God with it. Because here's the passage, and many of you are going to go, oh, wow. So here's the passage. Oops. It's Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 to 3. Now listen to what it says. It says, arise, shine. 
for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your glory. So again, go back, get back up. That's, that's arise. Arise means that you, you are not in that position presently, but you're getting there, you're going there. Arise. So you're down and it's time to get back up. Get lit up is the word shine. Get lit up. And I'm going to show you the, the word. And then he says, turn your face to the sun. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. So that's the, that's the reference, Isaiah 61 to 3. Now, in the, in the, in the way we're going to approach this is I'm just going to give you some very practical things here. I'm just going to talk. Can I just talk to you for a minute? There's two things that you must do. You and I need to give ourselves to this year. If we want, how many of you do not want 2019 to end like 2018 did for you? I got to admit, the, 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 the 2018 was a, was a bit of a challenge for me. It was a painful, a lot, there was painful losses. And there were difficulties and struggles. And, 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 and I got knocked down a, a couple of times. I got, a, I, I just, as I look at it, I, I, got, I got laid low a, a few times last year. You know, I lost... My spiritual father, Bishop Johnson Sr., back in the uh, early, well, it was late summer, I guess it was, when when Bishop Johnson went home to be with the Lord, a man who I loved and admired, who spoke into me and was a great blessing into my life. And and then I lost my father in December, and and a a man that, uh, that I loved dearly too, and that God was... Uh, had used and was using in my life. And, and then there was the, the, the challenges of ministry. It was a year where we launched out into, into, into endeavors to seek God in deeper ways and bring prayer back to the center and the, the focus of the church. And, um, and it was a battle because, um, because that's, a, that, that's a challenge. The, you know, it's funny to me how you can you can, you can get people together to, to join around a good, good music. You know, people will pay $50 to go see a worship team. No, nah, seriously, I mean, and I'm not against that, I, you know, but people will pay money and, 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 and go to a place where they hear something they like and, 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 and all of that, but, but to get them to come to Go after the presence of God. That's a whole other thing entirely. <laughs> Was, I didn't mean to, I'm not being negative. I'm just being honest. That's, that's just, that's how it works. Uh, so what most churches have done is they've given up on prayer. And when you talk to a lot of pastors, I talk to a lot of pastors and a lot of pastors have just given up on the prayer meeting. And then what happens is, and this is where God found me two years ago, is, is I was doing things in my own energy, in my own flesh, because there's certain things you can do to grow a church, and I was, I was bought, buying into it, because today when you look at church and church leadership, and, and, and you look at what God's trying to do compared to what man is doing, man can build organizations. And there are certain Wall Street uh, principles and and leadership principles and things that, that will actually garner a crowd and accomplish things. And you, become, you, can become, you can become outwardly successful. Because the first thing that anybody asks you when they, when they talk about the church is they go, the first question they ask you is, how big is your church? Like that's the measure of, of, of the effectiveness of the church. 
Come on, I'm, 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 I'm among friends, right? And, and the thing about it is, is you and I both know that you can have a big ministry and God be nowhere near it. I told you, and it's already starting to unfold for 2019. God, listen, God is looking for a people whom he can rest upon, whom will listen to him and hear his voice, and who have not sold out to the, to the, to the practices and the, and, the, and the pursuits of the world, who just simply want to press into him, who want to get up from, the, from the where they are and, and lean in. And when, when God arrested me in that, I, I, I knew there would be a cost involved in that. But I'm here to tell you, I, I had this mentality in my heart that, well, I guess I'm just going to have to be satisfied then to be in the minority. But then God has assured me that for the church that will go after him for the church that will really set its heart toward him and be jealous for him, you will not be alone. But you got to get up. You got to get up. You can't, you can't just buy into everything. You know, I, I did, I, I listened to a lot of things. I listened to a lot of, of the great, the greatest uh, uh, church leaders and and, and things, and I listened, and, and I, so I just, I, I just tried this. I went over uh, six of the podcasts that I follow, all names I, that you would all recognize. And I looked at their last three or four podcasts. All of them were about, all of them were about promotion and about the surface issues of, you know, of, of how to do this and how to do that, how to do this, and not one out of all six of them, listen to me, not one out of all six of them had said anything about prayer or seeking God. Not one of them said anything about, about a passion for God. And, I, and I'm like, whoa, wait, because it's, it's occurring to me that there's something more than, than just success. But, but if you're going to get, and, 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 and you're sitting here today, listen, I want to challenge you because many of you have been knocked down. You've had things that have knocked you down. We've all had things that have laid us down. In, in one of the translations of Isaiah 60, it says, you know, it's, it, 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 it carries the idea that you're down because you have went to sleep. I think it might be in the NIV. It says, arise from your slumber. I'm not sure exactly which translation, but I read, I read all of them. I read and try to compare them and see, see where they're coming from and then search it out and so on. And, and, and I realize that when you arise, it doesn't matter whether you've been knocked down or whether you laid down. Now listen to me. It does not matter whether you got knocked down or whether you laid down. Because it is possible that you, you lay down under the, under the journey because sometimes the journey is just too great for us. Remember when God got a hold of Elijah? And Elijah was a powerful man. Would you say Amen. Elijah could call fire down from heaven. I wish I had that gift. <laughs> Y'all better not pray that because that'd be dangerous. But he had that gift. He called fire down from heaven. But when it came right down to it, there was a lot of things going on inside Elijah that God needed to get right. God needed to get fixed because if God was going to get him to his destination, he had to, he had to get transformed in some areas. And when, and when God begins to speak to him after he had went in his depression and hid under the juniper tree and, and the angel comes and, and the angel prepares a meal for him and, and says, here, eat. And then it takes some rest. And he gets, because here's what he says. He says, because the journey is too great for you. You see, part of the problem in the church is we think we can do this. And so we set out like we can do it. 
And then the result of that is prayerlessness because we're trying to do something in the flesh which only can be done by God, through God, and with God. I want to tell you something. If you're trying to get there without God, it's a futile experience. That you're going to need to get on your knees, get on your face, seek God, go after God. Whatever your dreams, your desires, your vision, your plans, your purposes are, the only way you're going to get there is to bring them to God because many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord directs his way. Because hmm. like we're all going to, I mean, I'm going to stand before God one day. And I'm going to have to give an account for everything I've done. And everything I've done, I ask the question, Lord, is it all gold and silver and precious stones or is it wood, hay and stubble? Because God, God's going to say, what about that? And I'm going to say, yeah, isn't that awesome? That took a lot of work, Lord. And he's going to say, but did I tell you to do that? Now, folks, there's a big difference between good things and God things. That's been a journey for me. Because, man, I know how to do things. And the problem is I've spent a lot of time doing good things and not near enough time going after to find the God thing. But I think the God thing is becoming clearer to me and clearer to me. That it's time for me to garner the people who have been knocked down, people who have laid down, people who have given up maybe and lost their hope, even lost their faith in the church. Yeah, I meet them all the time. People who were in ministry who got kicked. Because you didn't want to comply. Maybe you didn't comply to the status quo. I had, I had, uh, I had a, a time with someone... A while back, I've got to be careful because I'm just telling you, I need you, I need, can I be honest with you? This person got fired from his position because he wouldn't drink in a gathering of the church leaders and because it kind of called them out and embarrassed them. I, have a, I follow a lot of people, you know, on social media and stuff, and, and because I try to keep my, my finger on the pulse of, of this, and, 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 a, and a, person, a person who I follow who, who's being used in the, in the, in the, in the uh, political arena, and who's, been, who's, who's quite intelligent and quite effective in the political arena, but all of a sudden, after years, God stirred up his heart. And a couple weeks ago, he decided to go to a local church. He had not darkened the door of a church. He had almost, he was raised in church. He was brought up in, in church. And, and, and yet he got, he just saw the hypocrisy and the, and, and, and the inconsistencies and, and all that. And just as a young person, he lost faith in the church because that's what happens when you look around and you seek compromise and you see, you, you see leaders who aren't willing to put a, put a backbone in their back and stand up and say what needs to be said because they'd rather be liked by people than honored by God. And so I'm not, I'm just saying, and he, and he, and he tweeted out, I went to church this morning for the first time in over 10 years. And he said, the pastor gave a message on why the United States should do away with the Second Amendment and take guns from people. And I'm like, what? Here's a man God stirred up a hunger in to bring him to a church. And he walked into some politically motivated, spiritually dead pastor. who took precious time instead of preaching the gospel to get political. That's a sin. 
That's a man who's lost his way standing behind a desk that he has no business standing behind because this is holy. People go, well, you know, we'd do better if we gave ourselves to these. No, what we would do is we would do better if we preached the gospel of Jesus Christ the way it's been delivered. Because if you don't, if you don't get Jesus, what difference does it make? So it's time for the church to arise. It's time for the church to get up. Whether we've laid down or got knocked down. If you've got hurt by somebody, don't you know the devil wants to take you out? But what God's saying, it's time for you to get up. I'm calling you to get up. Say it, get up. And then shine. Shine. You know, I, want to show you what, I want to show you what this is. When darkness prevails, the word arise, in the, this is in the Hebrew. Now, I'm, you know, I, I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I'm not a Greek scholar, but I I'm, I'm own the, all the study materials that make it seem like I am. <laughs> so the word arise, this is in the Hebrew. It means to get up, to make good. To make good. Arise. When you arise, you're getting up to make something, to fix some wrong and make it right. You see, there's things, the things have, there's some things that have gone wrong. Now listen to what he says. Arise, get up, make good. Now here's the word shine. The word shine means to make luminous or simply to set on fire. Do you see that? Sit to shine, arise, shine, to make luminous, set on fire, because when something's a fire, it will garner, it will garner light, it, it, it dispenses darkness. When you shine, you set something on fire, it draws attention to it. And you say, well, Pastor Mike, you know, we shouldn't be tr- worrying about drawing attention to ourselves. It's, it's, it's too late, it's inevitable, because we are, we, because we are connected with Jesus, People are looking at us. People are watching us. I don't know whether you realize it or not, but the world is watching you. The world is watching the church right now. The world is waiting for the church. The only thing worse than the world steeped in darkness is a church that won't rise up, shine the light of God, and try to become like the thing it needs to correct. And so he says, arise, make good, shine, make luminous, set on fire, for darkness shall cover the earth. Now, here's the word darkness in the Hebrew. I'm not giving you my words. I'm giving you what these words are translated in different places throughout the Old Testament Hebrew with these same words. Misery. Darkness shall cover the earth, gross darkness the people. Misery. Darkness. Misery. Death. Sorrow, destruction, ignorance, wickedness. Those are all words other, in other places in the Old Testament where the word darkness is interchanged with. So now think about this. Arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord has set you on fire, made you luminous. Why? Because darkness covers the earth, misery, death, sorrow, destruction, ignorance, wickedness. Darkness is all around you. You don't have to go to Africa to find the darkness. The darkness is right here in the United States of America. You do not have to go to a third world country to find misery and death and devastation. In fact, you can see that there are more people coming to heroin in our country than there are coming to Jesus. Darkness, misery, death, sorrow, destruction, ignorance, wickedness is covering the earth. And gross darkness, the word gross darkness there is translating a lowering sky, a gloom, a dark cloud. I know we're in, a, I know we're in like a bubble right now where everybody thinks, 
you know, everything's good, everything's good. We're trying to convince ourselves everything's good, everything's good. Y'all do know that we're in a, we're in a head-on collision for the end of all things. Y'all do realize that, right? And so as, as this head-on collision is coming, it's a battle between God and Satan, a battle between light and darkness, between good and evil. Hello? You read, it's pretty interesting. If you read, the, you read the beginning of the Bible, the first few chapters of Genesis, the beginning, you find God created the heavens, the earth, and then he put a garden in it, right? Right? And then you look at what today is and you go, wow, where's, the, where's that garden now? Because we know darkness has covered the earth and gross darkness the people. Then go to the end of the Bible and read Revelation. You know what you find? God has created a new heaven and a new earth. And he puts a garden in it. Why? Because God wins. So darkness covers the earth, gross darkness the people, a lowering sky, a gloom, a dark cloud. I, you know you know me, I am not a gloom and doom preacher. Everybody say amen. amen. You know I don't preach gloom and doom. I preach a rise shine. See, listen to me, do not walk away from here and go, oh, oh doom and gloom, oh, doom, despair. Because notice, yes, he, he is not denying. People ask me all the time, they go, well, what's it going to be? Is it going to be revival or is it going to be judgment? Like it's, an, it's an either or. You know what I say? Get ready for both. I mean, we're so like as believers, we're so, you know, we, it's, it's either this or this. No, how about it's this and this. It's the light and the glory shining, rising on thee. And there's darkness. And here's the thing, the darkness is, is so see this, see this picture over here? Does it, it's really hard to make out if you, if you can see it, if you look good in it. You see water, and I was on a boat just a few weeks ago in Florida, in St. Augustine, with Terry and my daughter Cassie and her husband Kyle. And we were there for the, the, the Christmas illumination. That's what they call it, their Christmas illumination. And we went out in this, this boat, which, you know, I love the water. And uh, it was a beautiful day, man. It was like 80 degrees in St. Augustine that day. <laughs> beautiful day. And, but the sunset and the temperature just dropped drastically. And it went from like nearly 80 to what, about 50 degrees, almost like that. When it did, a fog rolled in off the intercoastal because that's St. Augustine sits on the intercoastal. And a fog rolled in because man, we were looking forward, like this is a beautiful thing. You From a boat, you, the whole city is l l decorated in unison and all the, everything is uh, done in planned choreography and, and, and you're thinking this is going to be beautiful from a boat. I mean, you can do it from a, like a bus and Cassie says, uh, dad, which, which one do you want to do? You want to ride a bus or you want to get in a boat? And I'm like, you know me, I, I'll take a boat over a car any day. And so we couldn't get the, the premier trip. It was, it was sold out. So we got a secondary trip, which we, here's what we did. We ended up in like a bass boat with only like six other people. <laughs> no, and I, you know, I'm not afraid of the water. I've, I've, I'm, I know how to captain a boat and, you know, I've, I've had large boats and, but here I am like on a, on a glorified bass boat on the intercoastal in a thick fog, freezing my butt off. Because I, I had my short sleeve shirt on from the earlier nice day and didn't think about, duh, it could get 
dark. Listen, this is the problem with the church. We're in this present bubble right now, and we're thinking, well, it can't. What could go wrong here? What could happen? I, can I just tell you, it's about to break loose, church. The glory of God is about to bust forth, and the pits of hell are about to vomit up. And there's a fight coming. And here's the thing. In a matter of a few years, the church is headed for severe persecution. All churches are going to lose our tax-exempt status. And they're going to do it on the basis of discriminatory practices. Be- <laughs> so here's, here we are, we go out of the channel, we're out in the, what looked like open water, we cross under this beautiful lit bridge, and then he goes, I'm going to take you over here tonight and show you this beautiful luminous thing. And I'm like, Great. So I'm sitting up in the front of the boat, and I'm just looking. I'm looking for rocks. I'm looking for alligators. I'm looking for all this stuff because that's my heart. I'm just a protector. I'm, I'm, my wife's sitting next to me. Although she had a coat on and she was warm, I'm thinking I'm going to have to jump in and save her, sure enough, before this is all over with. By the way, she's going to have a birthday tomorrow. Yeah. So I'd like to keep her around. And, and so... Uh, how old are you tomorrow? 33? Yeah. That'd give me some points right there. So we're floating along. He point goes, we're, we're gonna, and I'm like, I see, the, I see kind of a luminous thing, but in the fog and in the darkness, I can't make anything out. And we're just putzing along, and he's talking about the wildlife and the, what's in this place. And we keep going deeper in, and then we cross in like to a river. And I'm like, oh, my Lord, where are we going? And we're coming up this river now, and we're off the intercoastal. And, and I'm thinking, man, I, I'm not sure. I wanted to just see some lights, but I, what, are, what are we doing? I'm freezing. They handed me a blanket. I'm wrapped up in a blanket, and, 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 and here we are. But it's getting dark, and it's getting dingy, and it's damp. The fog is just thick. And God's teaching me something. He's showing me that that's the, that's the condition we live in. We're sailing in a, in a world that's, that's the fog has rolled in. People are blinded to the, to the gospel. And if you preach the true gospel, you're going to face opposition. And I'm like, Lord, this is crazy. I can't see anything, and I can't see it. And then we get a little closer, we get a little closer. Can I just tell you? That's what, that's what God's looking for in the church right now. Nobody has this market cornered and nobody has it all. The question is, are we, are we inching our way in? Are we pressing in? Are we leaning in? Are we getting closer? Are we getting closer? Are we letting God arise in us? Are we getting up and are we getting lit? Arise, shine. Because the darkness is becoming pervasive. So we keep inching closer, we keep getting closer, we keep getting closer, and here's what we come into. That cross is 222 feet tall. It sits and was built by the oldest Catholic congregation in the United States of America. That church was put there back when the Spanish controlled Florida. And the closer we got to it, even in the fog, I just thought, wow, this is awesome. Look at the, look at the cross. And, and, and yet I realize that many people look at that and they don't even understand what that represents. They don't even understand what they're seeing. They just go, well, that's impressive. What do we see next? And I'm thinking the cross, God, help us to turn to the cross. Help us if we don't see anything, Lord, help us to see the cross. I was talking to a pastor this week and the pastor told me he had built a building in this town, as a matter of fact, and, and, um, and, and the church for years had no steeple. 
And he said there had been a guy that, had, that he, he had been at this church for a long, long time. And, and uh, a young man, a young, a young youngster who had been at this, his church and grew up in his church and went through his teens in his church. And then when he became a young man, he drifted away. And he just kind of went out in the world and did his own thing and never showed up, never darkened the door, never sought God, never went after God ever again. He said, drove by this church every day and one day the pastor said they raised enough money to build a steeple with a big cross on top of it. He said this man was riding in his truck with his son now. 10, 11 years old, sitting next to him, and they rode by the church. And the son said, hey, Dad, what's that plus sign on that building? You see, all the things we take for granted, all the things that the church thinks we know, and all the things we operate in, and, 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 and we just... We just we don't realize that we live in a culture. Listen, we live in a culture that is so steeped in darkness. They look at that and that, that cross represents nothing to them. In fact, if it represents anything, it just represents a cold, dead religion. But you and I both know that the cross represents everything to us because it was because of the cross that we came into our life in Christ. And because of the cross, we died over here to come alive over here. And the cross is everything to the believer. But the world's steeped in darkness and it's time for the church to arise and shine. That's the two things we must do. We do it until there's zero darkness on us. Folks, we cannot allow ourselves to traffic in any area of darkness. Let me say that again. We cannot allow ourselves to traffic in any area of darkness because any area of darkness in you represents a stronghold that the enemy will use to extinguish your light. Darkness shall cover the earth, gross darkness the people. But the glory of the Lord will rise on you. And yet the church is staying dangerously close to the world. The statistics are that, that all the things that the world is doing, the church is doing in the same proportions. And it's time for the church to take stock of where we are and realize that we need to renounce all the hidden things of darkness, all the hidden things of dishonesty. We need to get, go to God and say, God, see if there be any evil, any darkness in me. Get it out of me, God. Zero darkness. Everybody say zero darkness. Because those little areas you're compromising with will become the area of your future defeat. Single eye. Jesus said the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is clear, spiritually perceptive, your whole body will be full of light benefiting from God's precepts. But if your eye is bad, spiritually blind, your whole body will be full of darkness, devoid of God's precepts. So if the very light inside you, your inner self, your heart, your conscience, is darkness, how great and terrible is that darkness? Can I just, a person told me one day, they said, you know, Pastor Mike, it's just terrible the way the world sins. I said, do you know what's worse than the world and its sins? Because what the world does, they do in darkness. You know what the church does when it sins? We do it in the light. Zero darkness. Jesus said the eye is the lamp of the body. If therefore your eye, in the King James it says if your eye is single... That's your eyes on one thing. The problem with us is not that we don't love Jesus, is that we love Jesus and I know this has like a, 
this has an edge to it, but you have to bear with me because, you see, I, don't, I, I think I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to get your eye fixed. I'm here to bring you to the one who can heal your spiritual blindness so that God's word becomes precious to you and God's principles are worked out of your life. I think I did a decent job talking about that blindness last week. So there's one thing that matters. One thing, only one thing. Remember Psalm 27, 4? One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. It's time for Jesus to come back to center stage in the church. It's time for Jesus to take the stage and for us to humble ourselves and back away and say, Lord, you be honored. You be The only thing that matters is you, Jesus. You're the only thing that matters. What your will be done, not mine. It's time we back out and say, God, this isn't my church. It's your church. This isn't my way. It's your way. This isn't what I want. It's what you want. Lord, it's one thing matters. That you be high and lifted up. Because that's the only people that God can use is the people who have only one thing on their heart. And that's him. Are you with me? I'm getting there. Now you're going to have to write this down real quick. There's nine things here. Yeah. I'm just going to go over them. I'm not going to belabor them. Because I could. I could spend two more hours right here. But you'll have to come back for that. Nine traps to avoid. Number one, listen to me, using God to run from God. Some of you are letting what you do for God take the place of God. And you justify your position because you say, after all, I'm doing all of this. But again, the question is, it's not, it's not that God is looking at all that you're, you're doing for him. It's who you are before him. And a lot of people substitute their work for God for their relationship with God. And that's frankly why we have a lot of people who burn out. Because you have a Martha spirit. You are careful and troubled about many things, but there's only one thing that really matters. That's that you stay connected to Jesus. And listen, you cannot use God to run from God. Don't you, don't you kind of like, don't you wonder about people who are so busy? You know, as a pastor, I used to love people who would come in and are willing to do everything. Now I worry about those people. Because I'm not here, listen, I, I'm not here for what you can do for me. We're here to serve God and love him. And you cannot use God to run from God. Number two, ignoring anger, sadness, and fear. We just didn't, we were in denial. You mad? No, I'm not mad. Some of you, I've had to call you out. What are you angry about? Oh, I'm not angry. <laughs> Liar. No, I, I'm really seriously. I mean, I, I, I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, come on now, honestly, Pastor. I, I'm not angry. Liar. We we ignore anger, sadness, but, but why? Because you can't be spiritual and have anger, right? <laughs> so the best thing to do is say, "Well, I don't have any anger. I don't have any sadness. I don't have any fear," and yet it's the pervasive thing in our heart and. We can't have breakthrough because our life is controlled by, by one or sometimes more of these. This is why, listen, this is why we're going into a different emphasis on our city circles. And I'll say more about this next week. Because it's time we take, it's time we take a head-on approach to what's broken inside of us. Number three, dying to the wrong things. Oh, Lord. See, a lot of people are thinking that I got to die to being a human. I got to die to having fun. I got to die to 
to, to creativity. No, what you have to die to are the things that are taking you down. There are some things we need to die to, but why are we always dying to the wrong things? Well, I can't do that, Pastor Mike, because I, I don't feel very creative. Really? That's funny. I, I see that gift all over you. But see, we've been taught, you know, that if I do that, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can do that for God. Number four, denying the impact of the past on the present. You know, we've, we come to Jesus, we think, well, I got, I got saved. All that's done. We quote 2 Corinthians 5.17, old things have passed away. Well, if that's true, why do they still haunt you? Why do you fall into those things so easily when things arise? Because you have to face your past and then get on with it. You cannot ignore it. Some of you have been hurt. Some of you are carrying deep wounds. You have to get healing in those areas. Because the devil just keeps prodding you in that thing. You'll go along, boom, he pushes your button, and boom, you fall apart. You go, well, pull yourself back, boom, pushes your button, you fall apart. You deny the impact of your past on your present. Number five, dividing life into compartments. This is, a, this is the one we all do. We, well, this is the church part of me. It looks good, don't it? And then this is the work part of me. Yeah, I know. I, I get in the middle of some things I probably shouldn't get in the middle of, and I do some things I probably shouldn't do at work. But after all, I'm just trying to be one of the guys. You can't compartmentalize your life. Jesus needs to be Lord of your work life just like your home life. You know, well, I don't, you know, some of y'all, you wouldn't think about yelling at your wife in church, but you'll go home and dress her down, you hypocrite. Really, who do, you, who do you think gave you the authority to dress your wife down and you talk to her like you wouldn't talk to a stranger? You need Jesus. I need to move along. I'm getting, I'm getting some bad looks. <laughs> Number six, doing for God versus time with God. Number seven, spiritualizing away conflict. Well, you know, the reason I'm getting persecuted is because Jesus said all who live godly will, live per will suffer persecution. No, the reason you're being persecuted is because you're stupid. <laughs> you got a spirit of stupid. And, and, and you, you can't help yourself because it's so inwoven into your religiosity that you think my job is here to aggravate people. Your job is to bring the love of Jesus to people and be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. If I offended you by saying stupid, then come up here and let me cast that off of you here in a little bit. <laughs> Number eight, covering over brokenness, weakness, and failure. I was famous for this church. Can I? Y'all know I've been honest with y'all. I've pastored and I've been in ministry. I've been in this. I've been around this. I've been all over this. I have covered over my brokenness. I have preached through my hurt, smiled through my pain, given myself to things that I knew I shouldn't have given myself to because I didn't have the strength to say, you know, I can't, I just can't go there. And so I've covered over my brokenness, my weakness. Because after all, you can't be a pastor and have weakness. Well, that's what they told me. So you put on the, you put on the image that you're strong. And then I realized, well, you know, I should just be honest. So I've, been, I've tried to be honest and not cover over my weaknesses. You know one of the reasons why we need to shift gears in our church about this whole discipleship area? is because I'm tired of pretending. Number nine, living without boundaries. 
We let people come and go in our lives that bring harm and hurt. We don't stand up for the boundaries that we should be setting around our life. We let people come and just take advantage of us. We say, well, that's what Jesus said to do. You know, he said, if they hit you on the right cheek, turn to the other cheek and blah, blah, blah. And I said, and I'm like, have you ever really read the Bible? Because you have got to set boundaries for your life. Because if you don't set boundaries for your life, the enemy will take you down. And if you don't respect yourself and your time and everything around you and be a good steward of your life, and you don't make the choices to live your life your way, somebody will tell you how to live it for you. And so the church people are famous for this. We have no boundaries. We let people run over us. Some of you let your own kids run over you. And it's time for you to set some boundaries. See, this gets real, don't it? Because these are nine things that we, I really, we're going to go after. We're really going to get into these things. Because here's where we're going, 2019. Remember, two things we need to do, arise, shine, zero darkness, one thing matters, nine things, nine traps that we need to avoid. That will take your 2019 and blow every other year you've had prior to this out of the water. We can shout about this. We can... We can say, well, here's the 2019, but if we don't do those things, when we get to 2020, we'll say, wow, here we go again. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth. And gross darkness, the people will fall like a cloud. But the glory of the Lord shall be seen on you. It'll be so luminescent. I love that word. Luminescent. Say it. It just says, feels so good rolling off my lips. Luminescent. I feel like Catherine Kuhlman. If you serve Jesus, you'll be luminescent. <laughs> Let me tell you something. We're losing the battle of the culture because the church has lost its luminescence. Yeah. Bow your heads with me. Oh, Lord. Can I have a water? So how about you? You need to get up? Hmm. You need to get up, make good, You need to set on fire some things. Shine. Shine. For the Lord says, it's time for my people to shine. It's time for them to let go of the things that have obscured and hidden my light. The bushel baskets that have been placed over the light that have made it hard to see the cross Hard to appreciate the power of the life that I have given to them because they are steeped in the shadows. Arise, shine. Wow. Yeah. So there's some people here and I'm just going to do this because I just feel like God's here to, to, to do something. 
There's, I'm, I'm, I'm calling on a, a specific, some specific people. You, you are here today, and you are, you are here, and by the grace of God, you're hanging on. You, thank God for you. Please don't, you are, you are hanging on. But the enemy's plan was to take you out. And he set you up. And some of you, it was through church. It was in church. It was be, some, there's some people here today, it was because of ministry that you've been laid low. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you gave your heart to a ministry and the enemy laid you low. And God's word for you today is arise and shine for my glory has come back to you. So Father, I bind that hurt, that disappointment. I bind God all of those traps that many people can identify with, that many people can understand many people can connect to because those traps can only be fallen into in the in darkness because as long as we're in the light we easily see what's in front of us so make luminescent god every heart and every life here today yeah make luminant lord every heart that has struggled the flame may be flickering. It may even be smoking flax. But you said, Lord, you would not extinguish smoking flax. Nor would you cast away broken reeds. Because you are here, Holy Spirit, to heal hearts and heal lives today. I'd like everyone to stand. We're at the end here today. I'm going to ask the ministry team to come. Yeah. If you've been laid low, if you felt that darkness just pressing in and you felt like you've been losing a battle, today we're going to pray for you. We're going to see God arise in you. We're going to see him arise and shine in your heart and in your life. If you got your knocks in ministry, I want to challenge you to come today and say, Lord, this year, right now, from here on out, I'm coming. I'm coming back. This is my comeback. This is the great comeback for my life. This is the great comeback for my life. This is the great comeback for my life. Yeah. So if you need to come back, if you need a comeback, that doesn't mean you're, you came in here backslid, but you know that the light was dim or under a basket or almost extinguished, and it's time for the glory of the Lord to rise and shine upon you and the glory to be manifested in you for the brightness will shine in you today. Then I'm going to invite you to come right now. Quickly, would you come? There's a couple of, couple of you need to come as a husband and wife. You just need to come and get prayer, get ministry as a husband and wife. You got hurt together, you need to get healed together. You got set back together, you need to make a commitment to come back together. Your comeback needs to be together. Come on. Come on, listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray this morning, God, that you will touch people's hearts and touch people's lives. God, there's people who are fighting, there's a battle raging, the enemy is trying to convince them that 
this is not, this is not, this is not going to help. This is not going to make a difference. But God, we know, and you know, God, that it's a point of contact. It's a step of faith. It's saying, I'm not going to let this go down like this. I'm coming back. I'm making my comeback. I'm going to rise. I'm getting up and I'm going to get lit up. I'm getting up and I'm going to get lit up. And I'm turning my face to the sun in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church.